Hello and welcome to episode number five of Fabulous and Female with Kerry Gillett. I'm Helen Corson-Cadmore, an award-winning business mindset and fertility coach and a mum to twin girls. And I'm Jane Mack, a visibility coach, best-selling author and mum to two boys. And our podcast is about having honest conversations with busy, ambitious females about growing your business to create financial freedom, having a better balanced life and avoiding burnout. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. Hello and welcome to another fabulous episode of Fabulous and Female. And today I am delighted to be joined by the wonderful Carrie Gillett. Carrie left a 12-year career in business development to embark on two big roles. One of those was becoming a mother and then launching a business. Carrie is a serial entrepreneur and had started, scaled, raised investment and taken a business to sale. Her experiences as a female founder led her to found a non-profit business accelerator that helps more mums to start and grow a business. She coaches female founders to find ways to earn more money earn consistently in their businesses and regularly consults and creates strategy for corporate clients. Kerry has also been featured in Grazia, Stylist, BBC News, BBC Radio 4 and Channel 5. And just to top all that off, last year she was named one of the top 100 social entrepreneurs worldwide by Pioneers Post. Wow, Kerry. Hello, hello. Welcome. It makes me sound so fancy, don't you think? It does. When you are fancy. You're like, (laughs) You are fancy. Absolutely are. Um, What an honour we are to have you here with us. So, Kerry, what inspired you to do what you do now? Um, Well, what I'm doing now, what inspired me was probably a bit of injustice in my own experience maybe I think Mm. most entrepreneurs find and solve problems and that's definitely kind of where this business came from that I'm currently in um because I really struggled to start and grow the business so it's great when you hear a bio like that and I go yeah you know I, I managed to get that off the ground and I've done things like get investment and I've managed to take a business and sell a business and all that kind of stuff but it was really really difficult and yeah. I felt like I hit hurdles every single step and I was constantly asking myself like surely this should be easier why is yeah. this not easier yeah, um, yeah does everyone experience this if everyone experiences this why are we all doing it <laughs> like, <laughs> I just thought I could see ways that it could be easier for me And so I just really wanted to try my hand at creating a solution so that if one person found it easier than I did, that Mm. would be a success for me. And I sort of started it as a side project and I knew that I had a massive passion for it as soon as it started. And I had this feeling that actually Mubo was going to be the biggest thing that I did. I felt differently about it straight away. And I think having that passion about what you do Mm. I've run some very successful businesses but they have been that businesses Mubo as a social enterprise feels really different for me it feels like something that I will probably always be involved with and yeah I I really love it so it was that kind of 
struggle that really made me start it and then I continually still see that so I'm always wanting to try and continue to make it better for other people yeah brilliant and just for those that don't know what does MUBO actually stand for so MUBO is a social enterprise non-profit group and we have a business accelerator that helps mums start and grow a brilliant business you don't have to be a mum but if childcare is hindering you from getting something off the ground or going back to work we are probably the place for you and we help people with a load of in-person and digital products that are completely free we get funding elsewhere so you don't have to worry about it and you can save your pennies to actually start that business incredible thank you for sharing that Kerry, you were just saying there about the many challenges that you went through to get to the stage where you now wanted to help people avoid those challenges. Can you give us a sort of an idea of what those challenges we were that you went through? So I, and when I think about talking about when I was starting businesses, I feel like it feels like it was about 20 years ago and it wasn't. It was like <laughs> seven or eight years ago, which is actually oh, okay. not that long ago. Yeah. Do you know what? That's are... longer than I, than I thought. I thought it was about three to four so yeah that's longer than I thought wow okay yeah seven Mm. or eight years ago and I just started having conversations you know in the same way I'm sure other people do I thought right I'm going to start this business I'm going to look around for some support to see you know what I need to do to get the business off the ground I knew like you probably knew the steps that I needed to do to get that business started but I was a new mum I had a mortgage And I didn't know many people who were entrepreneurs. I'd always had side businesses. And actually, in my business development role, I was self-employed because everyone was were were contractors, right? So I had that experience of not having the security of a business, but it just seemed really intensified when I suddenly had a baby that I needed to feed. And I was like, whoa. Completely different, isn't it? Yeah, it's really risky. And so I kind of just wanted someone to go, yeah, this is not a terrible idea. Like, go Mm. for it. So I was looking around for that kind of support. And I remember booking in a meeting to go and see a business advisor. And it was at this hotel on the outskirts of a a town that was probably about 10 or 15 miles from where I lived. And I got my business plan and I had Fred strapped to me. And I remember he'd hardly slept the night before and he was cluster feeding. Brilliant. (laughs) And I did this. I know, great friend, you were not on board. I turned up at this hotel, like I tried to make myself look corporate because I'd worked in corporate for years and I thought like, this is the done thing. She wants to look Mm. professional. She's taking the baby. I think Fred had been sick on me. I was exhausted. And I remember the look of horror on this guy's face when I walked in and he thought, oh my God, she's the person I'm meeting. Like he was (laughs) just didn't know what to do with himself. And the first thing he said to me was like, has, has no one come with you like to take the baby and I was like no there isn't oh, anyone to no. have the baby yeah. he was like where is your husband oh, that's <laughs> worst so thing interesting worst thing how you did you react to that I was like well he's in work <laughs> like, does, it, the does it matter where my husband partner whoever is like, and it was those kind of comments yeah. that made me yeah. that sometimes make me feel like I'm talking about 20 years ago but I'm not mm. and those comments I think we think that people don't have that attitude to women in business mm. anymore, but they do. I still experience this today to a certain extent, not with all conversations. And obviously I, I manage them differently now, yeah. but there is, there was a lot of people who for a long time very much pigeonholed me as someone who would have a side business or a hobby business, mm-hmm. a kitchen table business. Yes, yes. And while I advocate everyone finding 
a business or work that works for them and good for you. I was not starting a kitchen table business. I was starting an event catering company that was going Mm -hmm. to employ people, was looking for premises. And I had Mm -hmm. big plans. Mm -hmm. And because they had this perception about what I was going to be or what I was capable of, I was unable to navigate that organization internally to be able to get the support I needed because they they from the offset didn't think I was going to do it Mm. and actually because I'm that type of person that revved me up even more and I carried on (laughs) tapping 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 and going it's not good enough like I need this I want this but it did always make me think you know what about the people who go to those meetings and think the reason that I'm not getting support is because my business idea is wrong or yeah. not good or mm-hmm. I am not talented enough or educated enough or whatever it is. And those people fall through the cracks. And yeah. actually, all women in business, you know, research shows we do need different styles of support, especially yeah. when you've maybe taken a career break or mm-hmm. you have come out of working in a career that you might have been working in for a long time. You've had a bit of a, a knock of confidence and a knock of self-worth sometimes as a, a mum with young yeah. children because uh, you spend your days very differently than you used to have and so it it takes a a lot to make that step and go out and do it so if you're not nurtured then you actually lose a lot of talented women who could actually find a way for me it's Mm -hmm. not really about scaling a big business if you want to do that congratulations but it's about finding a way of working in a way that works for you and your family Mm. and I think so many women even you know even today are at home and they could be doing something they want to do something else but they don't know how to navigate getting back into work childcare, starting a business and that's a massive loss that I don't think should be happening now so I think one of the big challenges that I had was getting people to take me seriously yeah do you think that was also because you were a woman yes Mm. interesting because you said that the first thing that a gentleman said to you was where's your husband it's irrelevant I'm here to talk about my business Mm -hmm. you know and also you say about the kitchen table lots of bloody brilliant businesses have started from a kitchen table (laughs) can I just say Mary is actually sat in her kitchen at the moment you know her shopping is still behind it we're keeping it real really really interesting that challenge and I completely agree and I, I totally resonate with the the not finding the support to navigate where you need to be um mm. and so many people just give up they just yeah, give really. up yeah. because they because do I not know the support where to go. is there but yeah. it's when you've got other things to do it doesn't it shouldn't be difficult to find yes that's yeah. what I think like yeah. it should not be yeah. hard for you to get the support that you need mm. to start and grow a business or to get back into the workplace like that should be the easiest thing to do yeah. because it mm-hmm. benefits so many people to make that easy so I think it's just such a a shame that that is still present in our society Mm. today yeah I mean I know like 12 years ago when we went to buy our business the last business we had it was like jumping through hoops and was Mm. hurdle after hurdle it was brick wall after brick wall speaking to banks and you know at the beginning they were all absolutely yeah we want your business of course you do sign up get your accounts 
and then no, you're not getting the loan. Oh, great. Now you've got me in there, an account with me. You know, you've got that, but you're not giving me the extra support. Mm. But at the beginning, it was all, yeah, we'll do this for you. Yeah, we'll do yeah, that. It was all yeah. great chat. And they're like, no. You know, and, that, and even <laughs> when, we, when we got through the business and got there eventually, we decided to expand it and the same thing hit. Right, we want X amount. You know, we're already operating. Here's the business plan. Here's all the details. Here's the change, you know, everything. Mm. And still, no. And I was like, yeah. what do you have to do yeah. to show you want to expand? Because even our expanding the business was going to bring in X numbers, you know, additional jobs and employment yeah, yeah. in the area which people were struggling with. And I'm thinking, what do you need to do to yeah. prove yourself? You know, it's already exactly. operating and working. And it was always, I find it was a constant hurdle and a battle every time. Mm. You know, everyone I was... had that yeah. exact same story, actually, Jane. When I went and was yeah. trying to grow the business, we were in catering, so... Uh, and events so winter was dead time for us summer was huge Mm -hmm. so when we wanted to take on bigger premises and onboard staff so that we could have them trained up to hit a really busy summer I mean we're Mm -hmm. doing events that are two to five hundred people a time you need a big team to go out and do that and chefs and service staff and people just to set up Mm -hmm. the event it was a large scale and so we needed to move and onboard staff in a time when for our business we weren't actually making any money so yeah. you've got to go to a bank, right? You've got to look at what mm-hmm. the finance structure of that is going to be to make that work. Mm-hmm. And trying to get people to understand that we needed to do all this. They're like, well, mm-hmm. actually, but what have you got coming in? You know, there's no work. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of vision around. Yeah. No, oh, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. so much limited vision mm-hmm. and, you know, risk adverse people out yeah. there that are willing to go, do you know what? I'm going to take a stab at you because what you've got in front of me actually looks brilliant yeah let's go for it yeah. there's, there's so much out there that people just can't see the vision it's, I no. can tell I'm getting really frustrated now because yeah. I've been in the same situation um yeah. I'll tell you that story another time yeah. I think because when when you go with them and you say well here's a plan a business plan mm. and they look at the figures but it's, it's like saying well this is what it's like well, you're still not proving to me that you're going to do it but yeah. I can't do it until you give me the money to be able to put the resources <laughs> yeah. in place to do it so it's a wee bit of like it's like a chicken and egg situation yeah. it's like well how, how am I supposed to do it otherwise so yeah it's a total brick wall after brick mm. wall a lot yeah so with those challenges Kerry some you've just mentioned there and others that you haven't what changes have you made in your business now to make things better for you and the business I think growing any business or as the business has grown you become a lot more confident in your skills as you navigate the stuff that comes up right so there are I think it's like the stages of moving through an event it's like the stages of grief there's like the shock that it's happening and then you want to run away from it and deny that it's going on and then you somehow find a way of navigating and coming through and then it almost becomes a skill set for you that you think right well we've done that once, we can do that again, you know, and it builds upon it. So I think you get more confident. Yeah. And also, I have had to really surround myself with different people. I didn't have a an entrepreneurial background. I didn't know people who were in business. My businesses initially were bricks and, and mortar businesses. So I didn't have like a ton of support we knew people who had like other units that were near us and were in a similar you know a similar trade but I didn't really have a community of people and within growing my business I think I grew my own that then became what became the social enterprise um and I've had to really go out and find that for myself because Mm. it it wasn't natural or easy you know I think sometimes we think 
oh, you know, you just meet people and you fall into these great communities. And for me, I've had to cultivate them. Mm. And Mm. so that's a big change that I've had to make is looking outwardly to go and make sure that I've got the support I need in order to enable me to get to the place that I want. Because I know from experience that it's it's hard to Mm. sometimes find that. Mm. So I've had to be very conscious about cultivating who I'm with and who I'm talking to and you know that great slogan you're the sum total of the five people you send spend the most time with yeah you have to to think about what you're doing you know I Mm -hmm. want to be the best mother partner friend business owner that I can be and so I have to look at who I who I have around me and, and that's that has been something that I've had to consciously choose to do I think over definitely the last five or six years and it's been difficult at times to really focus on what I have needed. But I think that's probably the biggest change in the place mm. that I've seen the most growth is by really making that a priority. And it's not only helped me, it has helped the businesses and all the things that I do because you're the linchpin, right, in, what, in all yeah, those things, yeah. right? So you have mm-hmm. to do that focusing on yourself bit. Yeah. yeah. And have you, just out of interest, have you um, ever taken any support or close sort of networks that have not worked out oh yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all got some shocking stories yeah. haven't we yeah. like yeah I, I absolutely have yeah. I think you can often find yourself with the best will in the world diving headfirst into things to think this is going to be the thing that's going to solve all my problems mm. whether it's going to a networking group or going into like a mastermind or buying a course and then going Nah, not what I needed. And, yeah. and then you work through those same emotions again that I was just talking about, right? Like the stages yeah. of, I made a bad decision. Yeah. How do I deal with this? Like, what am I going to do? I've lost money. I've lost time. But you, you again, as in all things, it could be a business thing or a life choice for yourself. You have to make that choice to learn from it, move on and yeah. do something different and not stop, right? If you stop, that's no. the end. You just yeah, have to keep absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's where we learn so much by making those mistakes. And it's always not even a mistake. It's just realizing actually, no, that didn't work out. Need to move on. And we would mm. sometimes we wouldn't be where we are now, would we, if we yeah, didn't absolutely. go through that oh, process? No. So we kind of have to go through the motions, don't we? Mm. I think a marketing company needs to take on failure for women and basically rebrand it because we get sold it in a completely Ooh, different way. Yeah. I always say this to people, but I really do not care about failing. And I knew this yeah. at a really young age. Like mm-hmm. it just, I would see other people talking about it and I'd be like, I don't feel like that. But the thing that happened was I then realized that maybe there was something wrong with me because mm-hmm. I didn't feel the same way about failing as other people. Mm-hmm. So I, what I learned was just don't tell anyone. Like do not tell anyone <laughs> that. Uh, keep that to yourself and mm-hmm. just do the same behaviors as other people are doing so if other people are risk averse and fearful of certain things you need to kind of get in line and do the same kind of things as they do and it was only when I fell into some really seriously kind of entrepreneurial communities in my late 20s that I heard men predominantly talking about you know the importance of failure in business and how really the job is to figure out the failures really really fast in order mm-hmm. to be successful and mm-hmm. that failure is actually a really intrinsic part of everything oh, you do absolutely oh, i found my people like yeah. i've been looking yeah. for these people um <laughs> and it just helped me really flip it in my head and so 
businesses constantly evolve, right? There's parts mm-hmm. of my business. I've just chipped away a massive chunk of the social enterprise in the last six months. Mm-hmm. And I've been very conscious about talking about what hasn't worked, why I was mm-hmm. changing it, because I think when we realize that, you know, we, we all have to do our little bit, our part to make it different. Something failing in a business is just an opportunity for you to change something, start yeah, something yeah. new or yeah. pivot oh, and, and do something yeah. different. And I think yeah. there's a really missed opportunity with talking to particularly women about failure and the fact that just things fail constantly. I'm looking at two pumpkins outside that are not growing. They're failed pumpkin plants, but they still look fantastic. I, I can look out my garden right now and show you the failed plants. So you know what? <laughs> it's I called real life. Because they just fail. They just fail. I've got a yeah. So we've got six pumpkins and Fred is going to start his own pumpkin shop this year outside. Um, we're in readiness for Halloween, but we oh, should brilliant. have had eight. So we've oh. got two failed pumpkins, but that oh. doesn't spoil the whole batch. Hey, right? No, it's not at all. It the six are thriving my my thing on failing is and this is where I've been for a few years now and it's it's fail fast and just move on you know that's that's all you can do failure Mm -hmm. is not something to be scared of or fearful Mm -hmm. um so yeah really really interesting you highlighted that okay so thanks so much it's sometimes nothing to do with you no Mm -hmm. right yeah Yeah. I think something fails because we have failed yeah but that actually, that's that's mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know, I've got two clients at the moment who are due to launch something right now or into next week. And obviously, mm-hmm. we're recording this at a time where there has been a big event that's happened in the passing of the Queen. And I've had them on the phone last night. They were like, oh, it's a failed launch. Like, everything's failing because we need to stop. I'm like, no, that's not a failed launch. I'm like, this is completely out of your control. Like, yeah. if this is mm-hmm. nothing to do with you. You can't take this on to yourself like if you, yeah. you have a choice you you either carry on or you delay that's not a failure like that's an outside circumstance mm-hmm. and outside circumstances always happen the business idea might not be quite right the pricing might not be quite right the time mm-hmm. might not be quite right mm-hmm. catastrophic events might happen pandemics come around pandemics, like, yeah, yeah. Come on. you literally <laughs> do not know what's around the corner yeah. and none of that is to do with you there's so much that's yeah. out of your control but I think particularly as women we really internalize everything to being about us mm-hmm. yeah. when yeah. sometimes it's just not it's just not yeah. it's really yeah. not really good no. point there you do what's right for you and you you mm-hmm. launch at a time that's right for you and that's all that matters mm-hmm. isn't it so you talk a lot about how you fantastically support and help other women mums starting a business how do you really look after you well I didn't to be completely honest with you (laughs) and I know this I know this you know Jay knows this you didn't at all so what changed and now what do you do I had a massive burnout when the pandemic hit. I had burnouts before, actually, mm-hmm. I have to say. It's not my first experience. It's not my first rodeo of the burnout. Yeah. Just before I was thinking of leaving my career in business development, I ran away to Malta for six months on my own, which was fantastic, and lived oh. on a tiny island for a while oh. while I reassessed my priorities, came back, <laughs> went to work. I just needed a rest. I love work. I love working. You do love working. Yeah. Well, I've been very lucky, but also conscious that I've always put myself into positions where I enjoy what I do. I've never been someone who has been dragging themselves to the job. You know, I feel very blessed that I get to do stuff that I want to do every single day. But because of that, I don't have the we we finish work at five o'clock button. 
And because I've always been self-employed, that's not the nature of it. You know, there's always something you can do. There's always more that you can do. And so my life has always been about maximising the entire sometimes 18 hours of the day and how much I can get into it. Um, uh, 18 hours a day come on now it because even like when I had Fred I I would have multiple projects so it would be different times and I would work in windows you know it was very normal to me because Mm -hmm. actually everybody that I knew this is why I have to change your circles everyone that I knew behaved exactly like I did yeah yeah so it wasn't odd it was just be working all the time Mm -hmm. and actually I enjoyed it And I have Mm. to tell you that after I had Fred, that was the thing I wanted to get back into because I mistakenly thought that if I could just get myself back Mm. to being that woman, I would feel better. I would get some of her back, Mm. this person that I felt that I had lost and really needed to be because that was like my safe space. So I had a lot of internal battle at the time of, well, now I've got this child that needs me all the time and does not sleep, does not sleep. And I can't function in the way that I used to function, but I only know one way and I only know one thing. And so I've just got to get myself back there to get it right. And I did not do it. I very much got on the train of just doing, doing, doing and starting and scaling things and launching new things. And when the pandemic hit, which was a lot for a lot of people, but to be in an event business for us, like I was sitting at this kitchen table and all our work went for eight months, mm. just over one weekend. It was cancellation, cancellation, cancellation. And the way an event or catering company works is that your bookings have been in for probably yeah. 18 months, two years mm-hmm. before. Yeah, so far so in advance, isn't it? You've taken a deposit, you get paid the week of the event. So when mm. eight months of work has gone, we had so much work in, I mean, this, you have to have a bit of a backstory to understand it, that we had so much work coming in that we had taken the decision to buy a, a premises for the business. Mm. And we had mm. upgraded all our vehicles because we had so many big jobs. Mm. And like we were talking about earlier about making the investment in the winter, mm. we had really gone all out. Yeah, yeah. So we were at maximum capacity and mm. we were waiting for the summer to hit so that we could get all that back Mm -hmm. and then the summer got taken away and I was suddenly looking at these massive payments Mm -hmm. and no income and I was like how are we going to make it what is going to happen and I looked at our personal savings and I was like we've got 18 I remember saying to James we've got 18 months and everything's gone house is gone business Mm -hmm. is gone everything's gone and it was tricky because James was diagnosed with cancer literally the same week And so we were told very quickly that he was going to need an operation, chemo and radiotherapy. Fred was home from school. The business was tanking and I could not take any more. And I just thought there is, here we go, workaholic tendencies. I can remember sitting at the table and thought, the ship is going down and it is not taking me down with it. We are going Mm -hmm. to find a way of getting Mm -hmm. around it. And so in true workaholic style, I launched another business to keep it going, kept all the staff on. We got everything paid. I was running back and forward to appointments in Cardiff to take James to have chemo. He was really poorly and, you know, in bed every day. I was taking Fred to work with me, but then feeling horrifically guilty. It was the really early stages of of the the pandemic. And I was thinking, I'm taking my child out of the house every day to work 
what if he gets sick mm. what if we take something back to james who is yeah. like severely well, compromised really really poorly mm -hmm. yeah but we didn't have this fallback people were going oh you know something will be announced there'll be a package that's going to be announced I could not wait for a package to be announced. I was like, yeah. this is our family home and everything. Yeah. I've worked five years to get this. Mm. We're, I'm not waiting to be told what mm. the package is going to be. Like, I need to move now. And it took a toll, a massive toll on me. Mm. I mean, we survived it. The business survived. James is healthy and it was very good. But the middle of the pandemic, I, when the first restrictions started lifting, I was a shell of my former self by mm. that point because it was a lot to process I think mm. there was oh, the years of working yeah. mm -hmm. there was the a lot of motherhood stuff that I have not processed for myself in in changing there was James being ill and just the thought actually that we could have lost him the panic for the business and the fact we could have lost everything that we'd worked for and it was just so much that I just thought I need to stop and I knew I needed to process all the stuff mm. and I think I'd had moments before where I felt burnt out and you have a bit of a rest and you go back. But this was a, a line it's in the a sand huge, moment. Yeah. A huge yeah. amount of different stages yeah. and different types of trauma that you've had to deal with in one go. So thank you very much for sharing that part yeah. of your journey with mm -hmm. us as well. So how did you how did you get through it? Well, a mutual friend was working for this coach who, who did these courses. And she was like, long before this had happened, she'd said to me, I think you should really do one of these courses that I've done. I think it would be fantastic for you. And I had a look at it and thought, oh, no, mate, not for me. Absolutely not. Not, not happening. <laughs> and she managed to get me on a call with the coach, like the lovely Andrea. And I remember, and this always makes me laugh now, Andrea laugh, but like I didn't even prioritise being like in my office for the call. And so I just let her ring me and I was parked outside gymnastics because I couldn't possibly... <laughs> Miss gymnastics drop-off. Were, were, were you going to gymnastics or was that for friends? <laughs> that was at gymnastics oh, okay, and I was actually okay. doing, I was doing the books on my laptop in the car in the pee and rain at the time. And I met this woman and she was like, I'd met her before. We met at a couple of things. And she, and I remember her just saying to me, like, are you going to carry on making excuses or are you just going to do it? <laughs> And I was like, how dare you? I'm rude. <laughs> Who are you? Who's this to tell me Who that? Even Who are you? you? Who are? Yeah, and then I thought, well, right. <laughs> no one has challenged me in about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I need this woman. <laughs> and I signed up and I thought, oh, God, I'm going to have to sign up now. And I'm like, geez, fine, I'll just sign up. And I can remember thinking, because I've done a lot of things and I just wouldn't contribute. And actually, I just wouldn't really do it. It was yeah. like, I I'll tell you what I was doing and I've admitted this to her I wanted it to not work right wanted in my negative mindset mm -hmm. I thought I'm going to sign up I'm going to pay this money it's not going to work and then I'm going to be justified in like thinking this was a bad idea because then I'll be able to say I told you it was a load so, of I told right? you so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this was a bad idea I knew I was right and I started well, I doing it happened. <laughs> I started doing it in the pandemic here and I was like legitimate get out clause I remember Andrea kept messaging me going like you need to come in the group and talk about it and I was literally on the phone going to her my life is falling apart I cannot do a group right now she's like this is when you need it the most and I just thought I literally hate you like please get <laughs> off my back I'm not doing it she said look I'm not going to give you a refund and I'm not going to give you a get out of jail free card 
you're going to come back in October and you're going to do it again. And I thought, good, she'll hopefully have forgotten about me by October. And October was kind of like when things had started to ease up a little bit. And it was when I was having these thoughts. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do the course. And I'm going to do all of the course. I'm going to do everything that they ask me to do. And if it doesn't work, mm. that's fine. But at least I've given it a good go. And yeah. I did give it a good go. So I did Andrea Callanan's self-mastery course. And I did everything. It's the only, literally, even when I'm talking about GCSE, A-levels and my degree, I've never done all the work required for <laughs> anything in my entire life. That is not the type of person I am. I did every week. I was in that group. I was the video maker the talker like I threw everything at the wall in the hopes that something would stick and what I genuinely tell people it changed my life because it did really change my life I was a different person and to the point where if you scroll back on my social media you'll probably find it I put side by side photographs of before and after I started and I look like a different person yeah I'll just say on that because we were on the same cohort of that and I was very much sitting in the background you know I had my twins were (laughs) six months old ridiculous I think about it now doing that (laughs) absolutely ridiculous I remember though watching you Kerry every week and I'm sure you're going to mention it now on your walks um, and your talking walks you did and they were so inspirational and I don't know if I've ever said this to you actually but I was so inspired by the way you came to life in this group. I was like, I need you in my life. And we've, you know, <laughs> we now work as coaches in, in Angie's container. And, and I'm so grateful for you being in my life. She's my friend, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't paid her any money. This is not an ad. This is not, not an ad. No. We do, don't you? Um, no. It was yeah. huge for me, you know, and it seems, you know, I always try and say, oh, when I shout about it, I'm always worried that people go, well, she's just trying to sell me that thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it, it, I don't know what it was. It was a combination of the work, the people involved, the fact that I just finally did it and I thought, look, it's I've got a lot to work through and I'm going to very publicly work through it. Mm. Um, and I would do it. I was, It was such a good experience for me that it's led me on to do it again and again. Mm. And, you know, that work never stops. I'm still doing that work. I'm always mm. going to be doing that work. Devastating, yeah. really. Yeah. It's not a one-stop shop. <laughs> do you think it was you, though, as well, Kevin? You were in the right space and you mm-hmm. really wanted to do the work on yourself to, to make it work I think I was at my rock bottom like I've yeah. probably never been in a place like that and I feel like I could have handled one of those things and brushed it off but yeah. to have five yeah. of them hit at one time I was like yeah. you can't there was Incredible. you know it was five knockout punches and I just couldn't get up mm. and I needed to learn I was a different person I wasn't that corporate woman that I was so desperate to get back to and mm. I was never going to be and I didn't want to be really but it was all I knew how to do that mm. is what I had learned and so I felt safe in that learned behavior just getting yeah. back to that was the thing mm. why I talk about parenthood or motherhood or maybe losing your parents these big life changes they change you yeah yeah and so you have to learn what that new nuance of you is going to be like and I didn't do that in becoming a mum I don't want to say like it was traumatic but I think there was a level of that I wasn't prepared for the fact Mm. that my life was going to be so changed in having 
you know, one baby. It changes yeah. everything mm-hmm. about, about your life. And so I was literally at home with part of my brain going, no one told me about this. Like, <laughs> I was not prepared. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, nobody told nobody any of us, Terry. Yeah. No. no, no, nobody I'd prepared. Leaving, I'd see James <laughs> leaving the house and going to do his thing. And I'd think, and in no dis- disrespect to him or any man, it didn't change his life in the way it changed my life. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. It, it, and so part of me felt really angry that my mm. life had changed so much and, mm. and no one else's life had. I felt like my work life was modified. My, my personal life was modified. Everything had to be modified. But I loved this child and I loved what I was doing, but I couldn't reconcile the two things. Mm. I had to really look at, or self-mastery gave me the chance to really look at not only who I was then, but what I wanted who I wanted to be, what I wanted my life to be like, and actually gave me back some of the fact that I was in control of all that because I was very in my victim. I felt like Mm. I didn't have a lot of choice in the things that I was doing. And I absolutely did have, I just chose, Mm. you know, not to see it. So it was so, so important to me. I think it was right place, right time. But I think for any of us, if you are willing to show up and do the work at whatever stage, there is so many benefits to just almost surrendering to just doing it. It's messy and difficult, Mm -hmm. but it's so worthwhile when you get through to the other side. So what what would you say is one of your non-negotiables that you do for you and only you? It's very unglamorous, but it is the walking for me. Mm. I mean, if I could tell people to do one thing, it's like just going for a walk for yeah, me yeah. I need something like I'm not very good with the routine I'm horrific in fact um <laughs> and I need something that doesn't require specialist clothing um or a time and place to be like it has to be at, you know as a nine o'clock class I know in my day whatever happens I can leave this house and go for a walk I can just go out walking happened to me because I couldn't get other things people told me to meditate I love it, but it doesn't work for me in the same way as it it seems to do for other people. And walking is like my meditation. It's repetitive, Mm -hmm. easy. You just go. I actually don't listen to anything. I just walk. And so I just walk off somewhere quiet and I have this very specific route that I do. I sometimes have a sit down. Sometimes I take a little cup of tea cup of coffee you have you have to share where you go come on I go to the church I sit in the graveyard (laughs) and have a cup of tea on a bench (laughs) this bench I don't know how many times I've seen this bench on on Kerry's walking talking I love that bench there are people across Europe I feel who would be able to find this church having never been to the village that I live in they would know the route to get themselves there I know exactly exactly I know and it's what it's what works for you isn't it you know as you say meditation doesn't help and it's trying the things that work for you finding out what makes you feel good what's you know what makes you feel that you've got your time and your space I'm I'm with you I love to go outside walking run it wherever just being outside which is great yeah nature is Mm -hmm. a great thing for you I'm now a whatever the weather walker yeah yeah I'm out anywhere who would stand my dog he doesn't care if it's snowing raining whatever I think people sometimes must think where is her dog like why is she just walking on her own in full waterproofs with with a flask like morning oh brilliant brilliant so Kerry obviously you've come on quite a long journey we sort of seven eight years with everything what direction are you going in now with the business 
the thing I've realized about myself is that I cannot be put into a specific box. Really difficult to come to terms with. I love variety. Mm-hmm. I could probably go a lot further faster were I to be one of those people who did one thing. But it's not for me. I love Mubo. Mm-hmm. It's not going anywhere. You know, we've recently revamped our accelerator. We've just launched a new podcast and website which is more focused on financial elements and money elements for women um so that is all growing but even with having Mubo I still have to have other things so I still do coaching and consulting Mm -hmm. I do a lot of work um for third sector businesses um, and charities about how they can build out to be more profitable um I sometimes do corporate strategy still or I'll go into a company that maybe I've worked with with my old employment they might call me in for something and I like to do different things mm-hmm. I get bored really easily yeah. and so yeah. that is something that I've learned to love I would never say never that I wouldn't just start something up again uh-huh. and and have it on the <laughs> side my journey for the future is just leaning into what you love yeah. that is what I've learned to do mm-hmm. more of following the joy of it yeah and leaving the stuff that doesn't serve you and my journey will not be the same as other people's and that's absolutely fine Mm -hmm. because it only has to it only has to be for me at the end of the day yeah absolutely brilliant so you have met spoken worked with so many startups entrepreneurs what would you say your top tip would be for anyone that's thinking of starting a business I predominantly work in women and I, with women, and I think this is more of a women's thing, but find a way of being really sure of yourself, even if you have to fake it, right? That is the big difference I see in me and in other people. Because when we go into rooms and into decisions and into ideas confidently, even if it's not our real confidence, mm. we act and say yes and do things differently we're so caught up sometimes with making the right decision getting it perfect overthinking everything if you go with your gut and you put yourself into different positions and different places great things will happen but you have to do that from a place of confidence whether that is your real self-assured confidence or whether you're just going to put that on for the day I'm very confident in my skills. There are there are days that I'm not, right? You, some days you've got to put it on. And you mm. might see me wearing red lipstick is usually my one. Glasses is actually my one. If you see me wearing my glasses, it's usually because oh, I I've need to. I've never seen you in glasses. Bolster. I used to wear them all the time. You wouldn't have gone into a meeting with me on Zoom and not seen me with glasses. Because I felt like it was a barrier between me and the people. <laughs> can't see the real me yeah there's a really good book about actually called alter ego by todd herman and it basically gets you to look at what skills you need and how you can find them in other people and put them on Mm -hmm. as almost like an alter ego yeah yeah i think if you're in a startup or you're in a business throw yourself towards everything you can and Mm -hmm. see what sticks right you don't know unless you try You don't know unless you meet the person, contact the person. There's so many of us doing stuff in silence. If you don't scream about yourself and you're not going to be your biggest cheerleader, nobody else is going to do it. No, very true. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kerry, we have one final important question for you. It's a biggie, so hold on to your seat. Um, Helen and I love to chat about food all the time, so we would love to know, what is your favourite cake? 
my favourite cake. <laughs> Helen and I talk about food oh. all the time, <laughs> including like I send her practically a photo of every snack I have every day. <laughs> There's yeah, a common denominator yeah, here, Helen. That, yeah, there is still I love food. That. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, we always send each other what we're, what we're eating. But yeah, your favourite cake though, what is that? Well, if I was gonna walk into somewhere and grab a cake, I'll usually go for like quite a weird cake actually. If they've got a special, I'd be one of the people who tried it. But my fail-safe cake is either a carrot cake or a coffee and walnut. Oh, like coffee and walnut reminds oh. me of my nan in my in my country. and she oh. always used to make a coffee and walnut sponge oh, and yeah. probably with like two sticks of butter in and so if I ever <laughs> see a coffee and walnut I grab oh. it in honour of her oh bless Amazing. we've not had anyone talk about coffee and walnut that's I don't think it's an 80s yeah. classic that I've like coffee and walnut and the reason I like coffee and walnut is that my husband despises coffee so if we ever go out, I it's know he's not going to have any of mine. Yeah, yeah that's why it's carrot cake. It's a good ploy. <laughs> James doesn't like cream cheese frosting, so if I'm oh, with him, I'll get a carrot true. cake so he yeah. doesn't have to touch it. I'm like, oh, sorry about that. Oh, I forgot about that. Amazing. Oh, Kerry, you've been an absolute dream to listen to. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving your time to us. And what you're doing with Mubo is incredible. And to all the, the mums women out there that need any support then please go and check out Kerry and actually on that note if people are interested in getting in touch with you how can they so I'm all over social media you'll find me somewhere but all our business pages are we are Mubo so you can find us at wearemubo.com or we are Mubo on any social platform and that's Mubo M-U-B-O not as in Mubo yeah we couldn't find a name for the business and so it's mum and boss but i hated it so we cut the words off either way and mm. that's what nice mm-hmm. love it Brilliant. lovely thank you oh. so so much for yes, being thank our you, guest Kerry. today it's been absolutely wonderful speak to you yeah. soon lovely thank you Kerry. we end every episode with a top tip for you and today's top tip is feel fast and move on and our leaving message to you is always Remember to do the one thing that makes you feel